and worship you we love you we thank you for this morning we thank you for your word that is about to come to us may it come in your holy spirit and your power may we be transformed to be more and more like jesus we worship you we honor you we love you oh god speak to us speak through me in jesus name may take our seats in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say you are welcome, all of you here. You are welcome in Minneapolis. God bless you. You are welcome, all the online viewers. And I want to say God has a special word for us Amen. this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to continue. Hallelujah. This is going to be a series with many branches. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Knowing God and becoming strong. 
Daniel 11. Let's look at 31 and 32. Daniel 11, 31 and 32. Hallelujah. He, his army will take over the temple fortress, pollute the sanctuary, put a stop to the daily sacrifices, and set up the sacrilegious object that causes desecration. That's what he did when he erected a swine or a pig, killed it and erected it to Jupiter or Zeus or whichever one history says. Amen. And it caused desecration. Hallelujah. He will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant. So those who violate the covenant, he will flatter. Hallelujah. But the people. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. But the people who do know their God will be strong and resist him. That's NLT. ESV says, He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant, but the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. So you can see the different translations. It makes sense, the history of the whole thing, about how uh, uh, Antipas came and took over the temple and how Judas Maccabees, during the Maccabean revolt, took over. They resisted him. They stood firm and they took action. King James, and such as do wickedly against the covenant, shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. As we go on, later on we'll talk about how to have a Bible study. And we will see something very important. That when we are having a Bible study, you must also understand the context so, like this verse, understand the writer, why the writer wrote this, what the writer was talking about. He was talking, so when you read the history, when you read the, 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 the context, you see that he's talking about resisting some bad people who stop the daily sacrifice and taking action because they know God. And therefore, we can apply to ourselves saying that because we know God, anyone who knows God, and if I know God, then it means that I'll be strong and I'll be able to take action. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, I thought the claps would be louder. NASB says, And by smooth words, he will turn to godlessness those who act wickedly toward the covenant. But the people who know their God will be strong. And take action. Take action. So take action is the same as do exploits. Hallelujah. So we began to talk about the fact that we need to know God. Number one, you know God by turning to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is the express image of the Father. Jesus and the Father are one. Hallelujah. That's why you see verses which we'll talk about in the future. Thus saith the Lord, the uh, uh, holy one, or that say the Lord who inhabits eternity and his redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the Lord. Not we are the Lord. I am. Amen. Number two, reading the Bible or studying the Bible which is God's word for us. 2 Timothy 2.15 2 
I hope you are listening, those in the Twin Cities. Hallelujah to Jesus. Study to show thyself approved unto God. So the Bible is saying that we must study to show ourselves approved unto God. Amen. A workman, which also means a workwoman, that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's look at it in NLT. Hopefully today we'll explain why NLT, all these different versions. Amen. Work hard so God can approve you. Be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed. Who correctly explains the word of truth. Let's look at it in Amplified. My, um, the real Amplified. Hallelujah. Study and do your best to present yourself to God approved. A workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of God. So you handle and you teach. But yes, there are many people who are teaching but not handling. There are many people who are teaching but don't wow. You understand why I said wow. Technology is not good. If you had a notebook, it would be easier. Hmm. Hallelujah. So, having your quiet time. Now, there are different ways to have your quiet time. What is quiet time? Quiet time is time alone with the Lord. That's your quiet time and my quiet time. Time alone with the Lord. And who is the Lord? Our Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Microscopic, topical, character. There are different types of Bible studies. Sometimes I want to learn about David the king or Abraham or Moses. Then I do a study on them. Or I want to learn about uh, 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 a topic, love or faith. Then I do a study on it. Hallelujah. Or I want to learn about, uh, uh, or I want to dissect the word of God accurately. Then I do a Bible study on that. How many are getting what I'm saying? Now, there are very important tools for Bible study. Hallelujah. We are not going to talk extensively about it because Sunday is very difficult to go into detail. Hallelujah. Because Sunday is more preaching and, you know, but so I'll do my best to mix it preaching and teaching a bit. Hallelujah. But to do a good Bible study, because remember, we are trying to know God. To do a good Bible study, we need to have a good Bible. Not a Gideon's Bible. Gideon's Bible, therefore, we give to converts. Give a Gideon's Bible to converts. Or you need a Bible urgently and you don't have one, then you use the Gideon's Bible. Many hotels have a Gideon's Bible. Hallelujah. It's a good Bible. It's a blessing. It's helped many people. But when you want to do a Bible study, you need Bible. When we go into the Bible studies and the different things, I'll tell you one or two things you must watch out for that you need to note. Because there are one or two issues I discovered in one. But Dick's Bible is a good Bible. Dick's. Hallelujah. I just found one thing. 
in it. But that one, when you remove that, I'll just, when, when we're doing some extra study, we are, we are going to be doing our ministry training. Hallelujah. Actually, it starts today. That's how you put your hands together for the Lord. And then Bible, uh, 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 and then pastoral training. That one too is also there. But then we'll go into these things. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, today after church. But uh, 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 Dick's Bible, and then we have the Thompson Chain Bible. Very, very good Bible. Thompson Chain. Thompson Chain means if you look at faith or love or forgiveness, every single verse in the Bible on that word forgiveness, there's the chain. You find all of it. There's no room for interpretation. The Thompson chain. How many I get what I'm saying? The Dick's Bible is one of the most extensive studies of the Bible. It goes into detail. I mean, it has numbers, uh, uh, numbers and letters. You connect different verses. Very, very good. Hallelujah. But something, most of the th- time, something that is good is expensive. So it's very expensive. Thompson chain, Dick's. Hallelujah. Then you have different types, Nelson and some of the others. Hallelujah. So these are very, very important. So you need a good study Bible. We'll go into detail in some of our training. Number two, a notebook. Or I, I used to have big notebooks I'll use for Bible study, but come on. You can just use the iPad or you can use your phone or your laptop. Go into one of these apps so that you can store it. Hallelujah. You don't need to take a notebook anymore unless you are old school. No problem there. <laughs> like, yes, like Sister Emma, no problem there. Hallelujah. I have, I have, I have lots of them. I, I can't, if I want to find them, I can't find it. Hallelujah. But why not if you are in school? Number three, concordance. The Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, but you can also find it online. Hallelujah. There is Logos, there is Bible Hub. Hallelujah. Where you can get some of the references. Very, very important because if we want to know God, we need to understand how to study to show ourselves approved unto God. Work men and women who are not ashamed but can rightly divide the word of truth. And anytime you do a good Bible study, you can preach it. It is any, anyone who does a good Bible study can preach it. When I say preach it, you can even teach it amongst fellow Christians. Maybe you are sitting together in a, in a cell meeting, which we will have very soon, and uh, uh, you can teach it, yes, and explain it. Hallelujah. Amen. So that is very important. Now, there are different translations of the Bible. Now, why are there different translations of the Bible? I was talking to a Muslim person and uh, different people from different religions, and he said, why is it that the Christian Bible has, has many, many, many different translations? But if there should be only one, is that a good question? It's very, very simple. It's only one translation, but they've just split it. When I say one translation, the Bible, the New Testament was written in Greek, Old Testament in Hebrew. There are over 5,000 
Greek manuscripts of the Old New Testament. Over 5,000. And many of them are not at variance with one another. What it means is that when you take all the over 5,000 manuscripts, the errors or variants are almost negligible. When I say variants, maybe a dot, an I, is missing. Because remember that the scribes had to copy them. So over 5,000 and all of them are very, very accurate. And they are the same. They are, they, are saying, they, are, they are saying the same thing. There are some they found later on, which are, uh, are, are, are far back, dates far back. And they are all saying the same thing. Now, if you were to take the letters of the converts of Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter, Apostle John, how many I get what I'm saying? Like the converts, those who were in their churches, those who gave their lives to Christ and were part of their churches, Apostle Paul, Apostle Peter. If you were to take their letters to the churches, you can reconstruct the whole New Testament. Except for maybe the book of Revelation and I think one more book, Jude, or one of these books. Think about it. So accurate that if you, we lost the Bible, we lost the manuscripts, just the, the writings. Oh, you remember what Luke said? You remember what John said? You remember what this person said, quoting them? You remember what Paul said? You'll be able to reconstruct the whole New Testament. So it is not many, many. It's one, the Greek and then we have Hebrew for the Old Testament. The Old Testament was written in Hebrew and then some small part in Aramaic. Or, uh, uh, yes, hallelujah. How I many I get what I'm saying? So Hebrew is for the Old Testament. Amen. And can you believe that in 19 something, whether it's 40 something, 19 something, long ago, they found in a cave the Dead Sea Scrolls. And the Dead Sea Scrolls are the oldest ancient manuscripts of the Old Testament. And it agrees with all the Old Testament books. You can find all the Old Testament books apart from the book of Esther, I think. Oh, I thought you put your hands together for the Lord. God preserved it. So, many people make the mistake. Now, people take the Greek manuscripts. And then we also have the Latin Vulgate, hallelujah, which was the translated, the Septuagint and all that stuff, the Greek translating into Greek, all these things. Now, some people decided that English speakers, you, I, we have to learn Greek before we can read the, read the New Testament. How many want to, before you know God, you have to go and study Greek? No. So they decided that, you know what, let's translate the Bible so that the common people will read it. That doesn't mean that the Bible has changed. It just means that there are different translations of the original manuscript, which has never changed. Hallelujah. The original Bible has never changed. But people have taken translations. Now, yeah. now what are some of the translations? Now, the translations, the King James Version... Of course, there's a Tyndale and some of the older versions. But the King James Version and some of the versions are very, very important. Now, for me, when I'm having my Bible study, I use King James and NESB as my source. And then to understand them, I take the other versions. I'll explain why. So what I mean is that there are times that what the King James is saying 
is slightly different in a way from what the other versions are saying. I will take all the versions in light of King James and NESB. And I'll explain why. Now, the translations, the most accurate, if you can call it accurate translation of the Bible, is the interlinear Bible. But the interlinear Bible, you can't really call it a translation because it takes the Greek or the Hebrew word like Ben. Yeshua Ben David is Jesus son of David. So Yeshua Ben David, it will just say Yeshua, Jesus, Ben, son, David, David. So it takes the exact translation. But when you read the interlinear, you don't understand it. Because there are rules to translation, English to Greek, Greek to English. There are certain rules that follow translations. When you are translating from one language to another, you can't just copy it down. You don't, that, it's, not, it's not done in translation. When you are translating from Greek to English, English to Greek, or even Spanish to English, that's why translators, they do very well. Because you have to take it and then translate it. If you do it word to word, you miss a lot. And that's what the interlinear Bible does. Now, after the interlinear Bible, the King James, the most accurate versions of the Bible are King James and NESB. NESB is only accurate because it, is, it, 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 it uses one of the older manuscripts. Hallelujah. But now, why are King James and NESB so accurate? Do you want to know? Like I said, we go deeper in... It's very hard to do that on Sunday. By the time you even finish explaining this, it's time to go. <laughs> it's our church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, word for word or formal equivalence or literal translation is what the King James and NESB are. And ESV is similar. What do I mean by that? It tries to translate each word, phrase, and concept in the original text with an exact matching word, phrase, and concept in the target language using the rules. Does that make sense? The rules of translation. It aims to reduce the human interpretation factor. It reduces the chance for misunderstanding or of fallible interpreters, meaning that fallible is prone to error. All humans are prone to error. So if I'm going to take something and I'm going to try to explain it, I can be prone to error. What do you think? So you, you, you will not always get a 100% perfect translation of anything. And the examples are King James, NESB, ESB, um, ESV amplified, but especially King James and NESB. King James was written in 1611 and used the Textus Receptus manuscript. There are different names for the manuscripts and uses the Textus Receptus manuscript to translate the King James. How many are getting me so far? You don't need to understand the name, but the name of that manuscript is called Textus Receptus. But because there are different names of the manuscripts. How many are getting what I'm saying? When I say manuscript, the original, when Apostle Paul was writing his letters, 
He wrote them in parchments. Now those were preserved and many copied. That's why we have the, over 5,000 of them. When Luke was writing the historical account, when you read Luke chapter 1, verse 1 onwards, and Acts chapter 1 from verse 1 onwards, it talks about, oh, excellent Theophilus, who was a leader. I am writing, you wanted me to write an account of Jesus Christ, what he did. So I've written it in Luke. When you read Luke chapter 1, verse 1 onwards, it explains that he wrote it as a historical account, even though he was a physician and a companion of Apostle Paul. And then Acts chapter 1, it also says, the former treatise, O Theophilus, of, uh, I wrote of what Jesus began to do and to teach. Now I'm writing an account after he died, what happened. So all those things are written and preserved in manuscripts and have been copied, different copy, copies of them. Hallelujah. Yeah, just keep reading. If you've done it, you might as well do it. You find Theophilus there. Go to verse 2, 3. Please. Former, the former treatise, which is the book of Luke, have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. And it goes on. How many are getting what I'm saying? So, at least you understand that. Hallelujah. Very good. And so Luke was a, a companion of Paul. The, and he was, he was a doctor, physician. But he gave a historical, educated account. It's the most historical New Testament, New Testament book, Luke. It explains, it gives a history, it goes into detail. Mark, John Mark, wrote the Gospel of Mark. But the only apostles who wrote the New Testament Gospels were Matthew and John. Matthew was a, an accountant, tax collector. And he wrote because he was a Jewish person whose main aim was to prove that Jesus is the Messiah. So when you are reading the Gospel of Matthew, you always see and it, the scripture was fulfilled. So you see that he's trying to show that Jesus is the Christ. He's trying to show the Jewish people and the people that look, Jesus is the Messiah. Matthew. So Matthew gives the genealogy of Jesus from Abraham, because that's what matters, from Abraham down. Now Luke, because he's a historian, he gives it from Adam all the way down to Christ, using Mary's line. And Matthew uses the Joseph's line. The legal right to rule on the throne of David. And Luke gives the biological right to rule on the throne of David. Then you go to Mark. John Mark, he is straight away this, straight away action, quick. That's Peter. So most likely it's said that Peter was a companion of John Mark. So most likely Peter was part of the dictation of the gospel of Mark. Hallelujah. And as for Matthew and John, they were with Jesus, so they wrote their accounts. How many I get what I'm saying? So all these things were put down and copied, 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 copied. Hallelujah. Noun. So how many understand the word for word? Noun. Some of the other versions are dynamic functional equivalents, thought for thought translation. NLT, NIV, 
They are good. Why do you understand them? We understand them because Greek scholars come together. Hebrew scholars come together from different churches and say, you know what, let's take the Bible and let's try to make it easy for people to understand. So let's read the, the, the verse and try to understand it, agree on it, and then we write it in our understanding, what is said. But it gives room for human interpretation. Hallelujah. That, but it makes it easy to understand the Bible. That's why I always say, read King James, then read NLT, because NLT makes it very nice to understand, NIV. How, I mean, I get what I'm saying, but I'm, I'm just talking, if you don't want to do Bible study and know God, don't worry about these things. They're all the same. Just take any version, just read it. But if you want to know God, you want to do 2 Timothy 1, uh, uh, or is it Second uh, Timothy 2.15? Is it? Yes. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Then that's what we do. Remember that this is our year of knowing God and becoming strong. If you want to know God, then you will need to follow 2 Timothy 2.15. Yes, 2.15. Who is that behind? <laughs> Pay attention, please. Hallelujah. So, translation in a phrase for phrase. Anyway, I think you get the message. We'll go more into it later on. So, that's the NIV, etc., etc. How many are getting what I'm saying? So, it's very, very important that we understand these things. Because when we understand, you take, so you take a phrase and then scholars come together. What does this mean? Agree, 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 agree. Okay, let's use this. Which is good. It's good. Hallelujah. I don't know whether I'll be able to talk about it now, but why some of the books entered the canon? Because on Sunday when you're preaching, you have to at least exalt, exalt. Hey, I see God, God bless we can, I can't, by the time I finish explaining this, the time will be done. That's why it's Thursday, Wednesday. <laughs> How many are hearing what I'm saying? That's why I can't teach certain things on Sunday. But why certain books entered into the canon and why some were not? I'll just give a quick summary. Why certain books entered into the canon? Now, for the New Testament... Some of the books, of course, there's, there's, there are so many uh, controversies because of some of the other books. But why were certain books added? Gospel of Thomas. You want to read it. That's where the Da Vinci Code came in. Gospel of Thomas. I read a, a small part of it. Curiosity killed the cat. So be careful. When you read certain things, it will mess you up. But Gospel of Thomas is easy not to, it can't mess you up. It, it doesn't make sense. For a woman to be enlightened, she has to become like a man. How many think that's good? Will God ever say that? Before a woman can become enlightened or become, become saved or, or pure or whatever, she needs to be a man or become like a man. That's Gospel of Thomas. Gospel of Thomas was written long after he died. So which Thomas are we talking about? How many I get what I'm saying? But for a book to be added to the canon, 
it must have come from an apostle or a close companion of an apostle. That's why Luke was added, because he was a companion of Apostle Paul. That's why John Mark was added, the Gospel of Mark, because he was a companion of Peter. And as for the epistles, I mean, Paul, Peter authenticated his letters as gospel, I mean, as scripture. So therefore, Paul's letters are also authentic and as scripture. And he got it directly from Jesus. What do you think? So it's very, very important for us to understand. Now, I'll touch on it, but we'll go deeper later on. But I want to just explain certain things, hopefully for seven minutes, and then I'll just share some other uh, words of encouragement. What do you think? Praise God. Hallelujah. How to study the Bible. And we'll go into the canon and all those things later on. But how to study the Bible. Many people take the daily guide or take uh, wait, a daily guide or whatever. They take the, sorry, devotional. Thank you. Daily guide or devotional. They take it. Let me tell you how most Christians do their quiet time and how you can never grow that way. Oh, devotional. Okay. First Peter 2, 20 to 24 is the, the devotional. Sometimes they give you a long phrase and then a short phrase. Oh, First uh, Peter 2, 20 to 24. Who is, uh, uh, what did I say? Uh, yeah, you know, let me just. For what glory is it? If when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Let's use ESV. ESV is also like NL, NESB and King James, but it's a bit easier to read. So let's use ESV. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. I'm telling you how, like, so take it that this is a devotional. For this cause, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Then, that's the end of the, the scripture's verse. Then the person has a commentary, you read it, and you say, thank you, O God, I've had my quiet time. You've not had your quiet time. You can never grow with that. Nobody has, nobody will, nobody can. Amen. Now this person has had their quiet time and has put it down for you to read. It's important. In the times I used to do my quiet time with the devotionals, I'll have my Bible study, proper quiet time. Then I read 
what they are saying and usually it's slightly different because what is the interpretation for me what is God telling me what is the rhema for me that's not how to have your quiet time it doesn't stick it won't last but trust me most Christians have their quiet time that way many of the things I preach I just take it for my quiet time Anyone who has a quiet time, the way we will talk about, can share it easily. The only reason why you not share is because you are shy or you, you are not confident. But as for what is in, you have it. Oh, am I preaching here? I don't even know how. What I, there's hermeneutics. Exer. Sis and Ellis, oh, I've, Ellis I've, I've missed the name. As a Jesus and exegesis. Hallelujah. Now, these are very important. Most people use as a Jesus instead of exegesis to have their quiet time. Don't worry. How many understand what I'm saying? No. There is a way to have a Bible study. Let me give you some examples. I have three minutes, and then I will just continue. Hermeneutics, this is the study of the principles and methods of interpreting the text of the Bible. It says that the Bible must be interpreted literally. The Bible says what it means and means what it says. The Bible is to be understood in its normal and plain meaning. Many people try to spiritualize and miss sometimes. Unless the passage is obviously intended to be symbolic or, it, or, or has figures of speech. It, let it be what it is. Passages must be interpreted historically, grammatically, and contextually. How many I get what I'm saying? Like this the people who do know their God shall be strong and take action. You, if you understand the history of it, the culture, the background, and even the grammar. Look, let's look at Titus 2.13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Now, this grammar, this verse, when we understand the grammar, of this thing. It just means that Jesus is our Savior and great God. Jesus is our great God and Savior. Our great God and Savior is Jesus Christ. That's what this verse means. How many get what I'm saying? Some people might feel that the Father and the Son, the appearing of the great God and Jesus Christ. But this means that the appearing of, because the Father didn't appear. The appearing of the great God, who is our Savior, who is Jesus Christ. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So we have to understand the grammar and the context. And how do you get a context where many Christians miss it? You need to read, if you are looking for 1 Peter 2.24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. We need to read further in front, further after. 
so that we have the context. What was the person trying to say? What did the person mean? When he was writing this or he was saying it, what was his intention? Very important. What do you think? And always scripture will back scripture. Now, when you are having a Bible study, how many get me so far? We must read the Bible just as it is. The Bible means exactly what it means. This means that the interpreter is led to his conclusions by the text. Did you get that? The text is what is guiding the interpreter. An honest student of the Bible will be an example. Sorry. An honest student of the Bible will allow the Bible to speak for itself. Now, very important. I'll go into this. I'll, I'll explain it later on when we're going through our... Uh, it, it, it's, it's too... I'm rushing through it. The process of exegesis involves, number one, very important for Bible study, observation. What is that passage saying? Anytime I'm having my Bible study and I read it, I ask myself, what is this verse saying? So I, I have sections. Interpretation. <clears throat> what is it saying? Before I apply it to myself. And then I look for the Greek or Hebrew meaning of certain words. What is this verse saying? What's the observation? Number one. Number two, interpretation. What does the passage mean? What does the passage mean? I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. You, what, you, 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 because it's very important. What is the passage saying? What is the passage meaning? Is everything okay? This is very important so you don't get distracted. What is the passage saying? What is the passage meaning? This is a key. So do you see how those who just read it and then just say, just read what the, 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 the devotional says have missed it? Because what is the Bible, what, what, what is the verse saying? What is the passage saying? What does the passage mean? Then correlation. How does the passage relate with the rest of the Bible? Then application. How should I apply this passage to my life? That's how to have a Bible study. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Then you are growing. Because you are trying to find out. We'll, go, we'll talk about it again. We are trying to find out what is the verse. What does it say? What is it saying? Maybe I'll use this as an example. I can't do it today. Maybe the next time. What is, the, what is it saying? 1 Peter 2, 20 to 24. What is it saying? What does it mean? So I have interpretation. I have what does it say, then interpretation. Then I summarize it and then apply it to my life. What, 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 what is it saying? What does it mean? I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Very, very important. What does it mean? 
We must know, we must find out what it means. And how does it apply to the rest of the Bible? And then, as soon as you ask yourself that question, you remember another verse that applies because the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance the things Jesus said. Then, you go on Google and type what you remember and it will give you the verse. But if you have a Dix or Thompson chain, you can find the correlate. You find it right there in the Bible. Thompson chain will give you the indexes. You'll be able to find the verse you are looking for without even going to Google. What does it say? Then how does it correlate with the scriptures? Then how do I apply it to my life? Or I summarize it first. I have summary points. Then how do I apply it to my life? Then you have a Bible study. But I'm just telling you, we'll go into it in detail. But it will have to be, we'll have like a workshop thing because... <clears throat> How many are getting me? Now, as a Jesus, I, know, I don't know why I'm fumbling with the name. I know the names already, but <clears throat> this, is, this is what many pastors and some Christians do, which we shouldn't do. We'll go much into it later on. The interpreter tries to inject their own ideas into the text. And make the text say what it's not saying. Yeah. So you hear someone preaching, you be like, hey! even an 11 year old will say, no, this is not the meaning. <clears throat> but you see someone powerfully preaching it. Or you see something you yourself, you are trying to force the scripture to see what it's not saying. It is a mishandling of the text and it leads to misinterpretation. The interpreter attempts to align the text with his own preconceived notions and forces the Bible to agree with themselves. An example, the, the person who is not interpreting the scripture well will use imagination first. What idea do I want to present? What, what, what idea? What, what am I trying to get? What, what idea? If I want to talk about finances, I want to talk about healing, there are so many verses. You see, when the Bible says that, and he, people, when they are writing exams, they use, oh, and he'll bring to my remembrance. But when you read that scripture, that's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that, Jesus is saying that, I'll bring to remembrance what I have told you. There are verses you and I can use. The scripture has everything we need. Don't, don't, oh God, in Jesus' name, you bring to my remembrance if wasted it. You can use another verse if you've studied the Bible and it will apply to the exam. Come put your hands together for the Lord. Look at this, John 14, 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things... And will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Later we'll talk about verses that can be used. God has verses for us to use for exams, but not this. Hey, my shut You fall, you roll. This verse, God, you do it. If you are God, you do it. John 14, 26, you missed it. God is like, what's, what's going on? The angels are confused. What? What, this? Did Jesus 
whatever I said, did Jesus give you the formula? Was he the teacher? Did he say uh, 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 sine square theta plus cos square theta is? Am I preaching to somebody here? But there are verses that we can use for every different thing. Exploration. What scripture passage seems to fit my idea? There's someone who used this. What's the idea? I want to pass exams. I want God to help me. What scripture can I use to fit my idea? John 14, 26. Then you apply it. You see that it's not working. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody here. But I believe that you and I are going to be good students of his word. We're going to know his word. We are going to know God. I said we are going to know God. I said we will know God. The people who know their God, they will be strong. I see strong people sitting here. I see strong people sitting here. They will be strong. When you are strong, we are going to talk about the benefits of being strong. How many want to know some benefits of knowing God? Oh, hallelujah. Joshua. Let's look at Joshua 1. 3 to 5. And we'll continue. Joshua 1, 3 to 5. Glory to God. Even before I've read the scripture, I'm blessed. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Uh, yeah, please take her out. All the land of the Hittites, quickly. And unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Next verse. Next verse. But be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thy fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Day and what? Night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then... Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. 
When you know God and you are strong, you will be successful. You will prosper. Look at verse 3. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at verse 3. Every place the sole of your foot. So later on, because of time, we can even do a good Bible study on this verse. You understand what, the, what was going on. And you'll be able to apply it. But you, let's apply it now. Every place the sole of your foot. God told Joshua as he was, hand, as, as he was taken over from Moses. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon. God said, I have given to you. It also means that every place you and I go, everything you and I endeavor to do, we will be blessed and we will succeed in it. You didn't hear what I said. I said we will be blessed and succeed in it. God will give it to us. Oh, I believe it. It's the scriptures. Next verse. From the wilderness, so it talks about the, 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 the extent. The extent. What is it? What, 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 what is it that you are endeavoring to do? What is it that you want to do? God will give it to you. I said God will give it to you. I said God will give it to you. I said God will give it to you. He will give it to you. Next verse. There shall not any man or entity or anything be able to stand against you all your life. It means no devil, no demon, no enemy, no trouble can stand and fight against you and succeed. It will not be able to stand against you all your life because God will be with you. I said God will be with you. You, don't, you, didn't, you didn't get that. I said God will be with you. The God of Israel will be with you. He will be with you. There shall no man or entity be able to stand against you and defeat you all your life. You'll be victorious in every single circumstance. I don't know that I'm preaching to somebody here. In every single circumstance, you'll be victorious. Continue. Be strong. That's the key. It's because you are strong and courageous. So the key is to be strong. What do I mean by that? Be strong in the Lord. Know your God. Know who you are dealing with. Know that God is Jehovah Nissi. He is your champion. He is your banner. He is your victory. Because he's your victory, I'm strong because I know who I'm serving. I know who I trust. Just like King David said, look, you don't understand, King. You have no idea. The same God that delivered me from the paw of the lion and of the bear, that same God is going to deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. Seeing he defies the army of the living God. I said the same God. David looked at examples of what God did for him. David was in the wilderness. And a lion and a bear came after him, his, his sheep. And David was able to, with his bare hands, deal with them and defeat them because of the power of the God, the Lord that was with him. So David said, look, this guy is great big. Goliath is big. He's a giant. But I know that that same God, glory to God. I said, that same God who was able to deliver me from the paw of the lion. Hey, lion. My kids and I and some people, we went to the zoo. The lion was behind a glass thick cage. But I was afraid. When you see my chest, I was afraid. One on YouTube, I saw a man. I don't know why he lost his wisdom. The safari. He got out of the safari. 
the car. Sorry, you got out of the car. Taking recording. A lion just came behind him. Tap. He did. He didn't. Not not, not much energy. Tap. He was on the floor. Then started tearing the body. <laughs> I said, the Bible says the same God that was able to deliver me from the paw of the lion, the bear. When the uh, a bear hug. If a bear hugs you to crush your bone, a bear can use the bear hand to break a tree or, 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 or cut a tree down. And David said, the same God who was able to do the impossible to deliver me from the paw of the lion and of the bear, that same God, that same God will be able to deliver me from the hands of this Philistine. I want you to know that we must be strong in the Lord. We must be formidable in the Lord. We must be knowledgeable in the Lord. We must know. David was able to use his experience. There was a time that David had lost his people. He, had, he and his people went to war. When they came back, they lost everything. Their wives were taken away. Their children, their spoil. Everything was taken away by the enemy. And the Bible says that they were all discouraged. They were all sad. They were all crying. What is happening? What is happening? Then the Bible says that his people started to turn against him. Then the Bible says that David had no one to encourage him. So David encouraged himself in the Lord. David said, look, I know my God. I know who I believed. I said, I know whom I have believed. And because God is my banner, because God is my keeper, because I know God, I will be okay. So that's why the Bible says, go back to it. Be strong. Is it verse 6 or 7? Be strong and very courageous. We need to be strong. That's why this year we are going to be strong. We are going to know God so we'll be strong. I said, Joshua 1, 7, quickly please. We need to be strong and very courageous. Then whatever God has for us, he'll be able to do it. Be strong and very courageous. Because when you are strong and you are courageous, you will do what you need to do. We'll talk about that another time. And then, verse 8, this book of the law. So you see that it's all connected to knowing the word, knowing God, being strong. Because the book of the law, it should not depart out of your mouth, out of my mouth. We must be able to meditate upon it day and night. That word meditate is to matter. Joshua, First uh, Peter 2, First uh, Peter 2, 24, by his stripes I was healed. First Peter 2, 24, by his stripes I was healed. Matter, 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 matter. Ponder upon it. Matter. Meditate. This book of the law shall not depart. So that we can meditate upon it day and night. So that because you are meditating, we will be careful to observe what is written in it. Then, the bank manager will make your way prosperous. The lawyer will make your way prosperous. No, you. Because God will give you the ability to obtain wealth. So you will make your way prosperous. And you will have great success. But that comes from knowing God. That comes from fellowshipping with God. That comes from studying to show ourselves approved unto God. I'm not out of word. I'm just out of time. Shall we stand to our feet? We'll continue God willing. Hallelujah. Let's speak to the Lord. Let's ask him to, to, to give us more grace.
Let's tell him that we know that he's our rear guard. Oh, he's our shield. He's our shield. He's the faithful one. He's the one true only God. He's Jehovah our banner. He's Jehovah our victory. Yes, speak to him. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we will know your word. We will study, Lord. We will study, Lord. We will study, Lord. We will know you, Lord. We will know your word, Lord. We will prepare ourselves for your word. We will study to show ourselves approved. We will study to show ourselves approved. In the name of Jesus. 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 We must study. We must study. Ask him. Ask him to help you. Ask him to help you. Ask him to help you. Lord, we want to know your word. We want to study your word. We want to be doers of your word. We want to, to we, are, we are willing. We are willing and obedient. We want to eat the good of the land. Yes. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My salvation, He has become my salvation. The Lord is my strength and my soul.
Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that He died on the cross for my sins. I believe that His blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised Him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. Please be the Lord of my life. From today, I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Father God, we thank you for those who have given their lives to you. Keep them, O oh God, and preserve them in Jesus' name. Amen. We may take our seats. <coughs> We've taken extra time, but it's our church. Amen. Offering time is blessing time. Tithe time is blessing time. Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you to give a good offering to pay your tithe, and you are securing your increase. When you tithe, what do you do? You keep your increase. God opens the windows of heaven and pours out or empties out the blessing. You see, when I did a study on tithing, there's a difference between pouring out and emptying out. You can pour out up to a point. When you empty out, it means every blessing God has for you is being emptied out to you. 
So there will not be any left for you. Because by the time you get to heaven, you will not say, Oh, I missed this one. Oh, I missed that one. Oh, no, no. It's been emptied out. Oh, I thought it's a siding. You didn't get that. Every blessing God has for you is emptied out. God said, Prove me now herewith. Let, let's quickly look at it. We've gone, gone past time. Mark, uh, Malachi 3 8. Quickly, please. Malachi 3 8. King James, please. Okay, let's keep it here. Should people cheat God? Let's continue. Nine. Nine. Ten. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. There shouldn't be a need to scare people into tithe. Tithe, you don't tithe. You go to heaven. Hallelujah. But how many want to be emptied? How many want your blessings to be emptied out? That's where the difference is. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now. I've lost a job. I don't have a job. God, what's going on? I'm proving you now what's happening. But if you've not tithed, you can't use this verse. Prove me now here with here the Lord of hosts. If I will not open, that word open you the windows of heaven. Empty out the windows of heaven. And pour you out a blessing. Remember that it is the blessing that gave Abraham everything he had. It is the blessing that Jacob wanted. The blessing. And pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Because it's being emptied out. Next verse. And I will rebuke or I will steal. That word rebuke is I will steal the devourer for your sakes. And it shall not destroy the fruit. And it goes on. One more verse. Uh, get the verse in Matthew where Jesus talks about tithe. Some people feel it's an Old Testament thing. Michael, have you ever thought it's an Old Testament thing? But it's a New Testament. When I'm on Wednesdays, I'll go into more detail about tithe and the storehouse, about what all that means. Let me get it. Matthew 23, 22 and 23. Matthew 23, please. We're almost done. I've taken enough time. Matthew 23, 22 and 23. Matthew 23. You are in 22, please. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Telling the pastors they are hypocrites. For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. Look at this in Amplified. And I'll tell you the mistake of many pastors. They focus on tithe, but not the weightier matters. But tithe is still important. 
Woe to you, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you give a tenth tithe of your mint and dill and cumin, focusing on minor matters, and have neglected the mightier or weightier, more important moral spiritual provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the primary things you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So this verse means that it's more important to have justice, mercy, and faithfulness than to pay tithe. But tithe is still important. What do you think? Father God, bless us as we tithe in Jesus' name. Isn't he amazing? So amazing. Father God, bless our tithe and offering in Jesus' name. You are amazing. Come on, tell him. Has he made your life feel brand new? Jesus, you love me too much, oh. Too much, oh. Too much, oh. I subscribe, One more time. Jesus, you love me too much, oh. Father God, bless our tithe and offering in Jesus' name. One important thing I just got a revelation of. This song, Jesus, you love me too much, oh. Let's, as we wake up, say to yourself, oh, Jesus, you love me too much. You love me. Say it to yourself, because it's true. Anytime you feel down, say, oh, Jesus, you love me too much. Too much. What kind of love is this? You love me too much. One more time. Jesus, too much. Excess love. What kind of love is this? Father God, we bless you and we thank you. Jesus, indeed, you love us too much. Excess love you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.